0: This is the FI After 40 podcast, a show where I dive into the FIRE movement to see what financial independence is all about. I'll share the steps I've taken to start my journey toward becoming financially independent, and along the way, I'll bring in others who are on a path of their own. You'll hear stories and advice from people who have reached their version of FI, and from those like me who are still finding their way. This is a show for anyone who wants to learn, grow, and connect with others. This is 5 after 40. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ben, and you're listening to the 5 after 40 podcast, episode number 8. So for today's topics, there's a few things I want to go over. One of them is to touch in on some of the milestones that I've hit with this podcast and the blog fiafter40.com over the first 50 days that those have been active. Uh, So I'll go through that uh, briefly. Uh, I also want to uh, finish up the series I started last time. It's 21 pieces of advice for my 21-year-old self. So this is part two. Of that series uh, the second half of that list so I will go through those items and I also wanted to talk about a recent uh, purchase I made just this week I splurged on something and I want to talk through the decision-making process I went through in order to make that so I'm gonna go through my effort checklist for buying stuff to talk about what, uh, what kind of decision points I needed to review before making a purchase while I'm in the process of paying off my debt still. As always, I want to take a second to just remind you to subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever service you're using. I'd love a review. Um, I haven't seen any reviews on Apple yet. Um, I know that those don't always come through if it's the same country or if it's a different country. Um, so there might be some out there that I just haven't seen yet, but I would love to see some uh, reviews from people who have listened to this just to get some feedback, whatever you have to say. Um, that would be awesome. Also, you can reach out to me on social media. I'm at Five Four on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So jumping into some of those milestones I mentioned, this uh, project, I guess, I've been uh, working on for the last 50 days about. Uh, This week I hit that milestone, and um, so I just wanted to walk through some of the checkpoints I've hit with this podcast, the blog, and kind of how things have looked on social media as well. So with the podcast, this is episode number eight. Um, Overall, I've hit right about 200 listens uh, or downloads with this podcast. So that's actually um, probably exceeding what my expectations were coming into this. I really had no idea what the audience would be. And I've really seen uh, kind of a spike in the last week or so in in particular. So I'm very uh, happy about that. I'm thankful for the feedback I've received from people. And hopefully this is worthwhile and worth the time you take to listen to it. I, I do appreciate you taking that time out of your day to listen through this. Um, so podcast has been really enjoyable for me and I hope it's been helpful for people who have listened to it with the blog I've put up 14 different blog posts over the time that this has been uh, active the website has seen 1300 or so hits a little bit more than that so that's great there's, it's kind of interesting to see some of the data of of people going over and kind of how many um, pages they might look at, and so that's been kind of a cool thing. I'm I'm kind of a data nerd, so that's really interesting for me to do some analysis on. Um, You know, kind of page views and duration of visits and that stuff has been kind of interesting. But um, the blog has been uh, really, um, I think I saw a big spike when I was on a couple of different daily news updates that kind of shared some of my articles. So that really helped out a lot. But as always, if there's topics that you think might be helpful, I would love feedback from people. I'm also looking to do some guest posts on other people's um, blogs uh, and, and vice versa, have people post on my site as well. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, definitely fill out the collaborate section on fiafter40.com. It shoots me a message and we can talk about um, doing some kind of you know exchange on, on blog posts or whatever it is. But I would love to, to kind of work with other people as well in that area. As far as social media goes, uh, I think I've seen the biggest impact in Instagram. Uh, I'm actually by the time this post, I will have hit 1,000 followers, and that's a pretty cool benchmark uh, to hit. Um, I know that there's plenty of people out there with far more than that. It kind of blows my mind when I see some of the people that have, you know, 50,000 followers or 100,000 followers or a million followers. Um, It's really crazy that there's that many people using Instagram, but it's obviously a big uh, service. It's really popular. So just hitting 1,000 to me is a cool milestone. I'm really appreciative of people that have followed me there, and hopefully the content I've put out there has been helpful and engaging as well. And I would say that that's really the biggest thing for all of this, whether it's the blog or the the podcast or on social, just having those connections of people and seeing the, the response and some of the positive feedback. Um, I had someone who messaged me today through Instagram and said, hey, you know, you nudged me to do something over the weekend. And I really had a breakthrough today on something in my life. So that's, that's, crazy. That's amazing to me that anything that I would say or do is going to have a positive impact to help encourage somebody to make a a step in their life. So again, very thankful for the feedback I received from people and and hoping to keep this going and, and really looking forward to the future to see where this all goes. Shifting over to the blog post that I mentioned, uh, 21 pieces of advice, Uh, I have part two is up on the website now, so if you're interested in reading through that in detail, uh, be sure to do that. But I'm going to touch on numbers 11 through 21 and just kind of uh, briefly go through each of those points to give you a sense of kind of what my thought process was as I was uh, adding those to my list. So number 11, credit cards are dangerous. Credit cards, um, you know, I've come to the realization that they're not inherently bad. Uh, Credit cards can serve, uh, you know, a lot of good for people, especially if you're using them for travel hacking or different kinds of rewards. Um, But they're definitely something that I think if I'm thinking back to myself as a 21-year-old having access to a credit card, it's really easy to get access to that. And it's also very easy to use. And the downside there is just establishing those bad habits about buying stuff Uh, instant gratification, rather than than saving up and really working towards things. Um, That's the downside to it. And I I think I got into a habit where it was way too easy for me early on to use my credit card. And it was a habit that I wish I hadn't really gotten into. Number 12 is people like you more than you realize. This is interesting because, you know, I actually had an exchange on the blog with somebody about this. And it's the idea of of kind of uh, leveraging my personality and saying, "Hey, people like me. I should be able to leverage that into opportunities in life." And I feel like maybe I have missed that opportunity. I haven't been as assertive as I I could have been. And it, there, you get to this kind of a place where, well, if you're trying to leverage your personality, is that really being fake? And you know, I think the intent of this this point was not to to, to look at it from a perspective of you know, trying to win people over in a fake way, but really more of understanding that that um, I get along with people in general, and that's re- something I'm fortunate, and that's uh, a strength, perhaps, and how does that help me to, you know, with self-awareness to um, to be assertive, and, and when I'm connecting with people because of that personality, that that's going to open some doors for me. So, Again, I think it's more of a self-awareness angle that I'm coming at this from rather than trying to kind of, you know, leverage my personality to trick people or to be fake. Um, But I think that this is something that I I kind of wish over time that I had been a little more uh, assertive with with taking advantage of, of, of maybe some of those relationships to open some doors in my life. Number 13 is stay in touch with your friends. Uh, This is something that probably most of us have some kind of um, similar thought process with where there's people that you've just lost track of over time, you've lost touch with, uh, and and I definitely fall into that school. Um, There's people that I was really close with in college that I just, you know, over time, whether it's it's, um, geography or... You know, having kids or just getting you know wrapped up in your jobs. There's a lot of reasons and excuses why you, you lose track of those friends. Um, but this is something I think there's there's less and less reason to, to, to justify that these days. It's just so easy to keep in touch with people. And I think that Maybe subconsciously for me, I'm somebody who thinks, okay, well, I've posted some pictures on social media, so that kind of counts, right? I I put up a picture of my kids or somewhere I went on to eat. So in some way, I'm indirectly keeping in touch with people. But just because I'm putting things up on social media on my personal accounts is really no substitute for actually taking the time to reach out to people, even if it's just a text message, but especially over the phone. I mean, that's just kind of a lost art. you know, spending time talking to people is something that I've really gotten away with over the years, gotten away from over the years. And I do wish that I had kept that as more of a habit. And thankfully, it's something that I I can put more energy into moving forward. Number 14 is go to the gym. I have always struggled with staying on top of uh, staying active. There, countless times in my life, I've started going to the gym, and after, you know, a week, two weeks, maybe three at the most, I kind of fade out of it and and lose track of it. And you know, it's again, this isn't a vanity thing. This is this is something where it's more uh, from a health perspective. I've I've seen as I've gotten older, what happens when I'm not active. I get just kind of random aches and pains for no particular reason. And that's, it's frustrating and it causes some anxiety. It's like, what's wrong with me? Um, but I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I've, I'm have i less and less active as I've gotten older. And I wish that I would have had some kind of a routine, whether it's going to the gym, uh, playing basketball, running, doing something where it's going to keep me active, even yoga. I've tried it before and it's actually really enjoyable. I just haven't gotten into a routine with it. And I really think that I would have benefited from just staying more active. I played a lot of sports in high school, even up into college, and I, I've just gotten away away from it. So that's something I would say to myself as a 21-year-old is, hey, stay active. Whatever it is that you do is keep your physical health uh, as a priority as you get older. Number 15 is spend less time on fantasy sports. I have been... Uh, victim of the fantasy sports addiction for years. Uh, it's taken up a lot of time and energy for me. And I've just been a sports fan in general for a long time, you know, going back to when I was a kid. And I think that that's a great thing. I love sports. It's a, a great way for me to bond with friends and with with my dad. And um, and now, and actually with, with my son, he's become a big sports fan. So it's been a really cool way to spend time with people. But I've spent so much time with fantasy sports over the years just and, and this is kind of it probably seems kind of silly to people who maybe who don't get involved with this but it's just kind of this huge time sink where i'm like listening on xm radio and i'm reading on all these different websites and i'm listening to podcasts about projecting sport you know football statistics and at the end of the day it's all just speculation nobody knows what's going to happen even these experts have no idea what's gonna happen. And uh, so I, I really wish that I could have taken some of that time and maybe focus on things that might've been more helpful uh, in my life rather than um, just focusing, focusing on fantasy sports and maybe focusing on learning something like real estate investment, for example. Which takes me to number 16, get an investment property as soon as you can. I had no idea what real estate investment was all about until really maybe a year, 15 months ago. And ever since then, I've really learned a lot and it's become a big focus of mine. It's a goal of mine to get into investing in real estate, into multifamilies. It's a whole thing I can talk about and I'll probably dedicate some time in other podcasts to this. But man, if I, if I had known the value of investing in real estate, not just in your, in your primary residence, because I think that that's kind of, you know, flip a coin whether or not that works out. But an investment property where you own a multifamily and you can rent it out to, you know, if it's a duplex or a triplex or whatever it is, you can have your tenants pay your mortgage for you, whether you're living there, which significantly reduces your living expenses, or if you're just renting it out to other people, having them pay your mortgage down for you. It's just an amazing investment opportunity and something that never registered for me until about a year ago. And I think to, you know, 5, 15, 20 years ago had bought a property or two what that appreciation would look like now would be amazing so um but you know i didn't do it then i have the opportunity to do it now but that is one of all of these this is one of those ones that i really wish i had learned about earlier in my life number 17 is start saving for retirement as soon as you can so anyone listening to this this goes without saying i don't really need to get into this very deep Uh, I I didn't start saving for retirement. I actually let my employer put some money aside for me, but I never did anything until really recently. Huge mistake, obviously. Um, Again, don't need to get into the specifics, but I I think I'd run some numbers to just kind of speculate like, okay, well, if I had, let's say 1999, started putting away $5,000 a year, what would that look like now? And it was something like $230,000. Uh, And and that would just be, it would be a nice chunk of change to be sitting on right now for not a lot of money out of my pocket year over year. Um, So starting that investment in retirement early on, uh, that's definitely a missed opportunity for me. Number 18 is host a podcast. Uh, Podcasts didn't exist, I think, when I graduated college. But um, at some point after after I was out of school, they became a thing. And I think I really missed the boat on on jumping on this earlier. I've just enjoyed it so much. It's one of my favorite things that I do now with my spare time. And my background is I, I was in radio in college. Uh, that was a big part of my, my experience when I was in, in school uh, after I um, I worked for a radio station for a little while as well during my internship. So I have a lot of background in like audio production and some of this stuff. And I wished I had jumped on the podcast uh, bandwagon earlier. It's, um, it's still on an upward trajectory and it's growing. So it's, it's cool for me to get into this now. But uh, again, it would, it would have been nice for me to jump in on this a little bit earlier in my career. Number 19 is keep skiing. You live in New Hampshire, dummy. I, uh, I skied in high school a handful of times enough that I learned how to do it and I was okay. And then I did not ski until this year. So that's 26 years with without skiing and I've lived in New Hampshire for the majority of that time. I did live in LA for a while, in New York for a while, but really that was just a few years. Um so most of this time I've been within an hour, 2 hours of all kinds of ski slopes and I just never got in, into it. And you know, for anyone who lives near mountains, who lives near the snow, who's into this kind of thing, it's one of the best things to do in the winter, and I've, I've really missed out. But again, with as with many of these things, I, I'm, I'm picking it back up now and I'm so glad that I finally went back out and did it because I had so much fun. And I'm hoping that this is something that I can now continue uh, the, with the remainder of my life uh, because you know again, living in New England, you've got such access to this and it's such an amazing experience. Number 20 is don't become addicted to your smartphone. Again, smartphones didn't exist when I was in college. They came out much later. And um, it's something where probably most of us, you're either listening to this podcast on your phone or maybe you're reading the blog on your phone. It's just a way of life. And that's not a bad thing. There's a lot of advantages to having access to all this stuff on your phone. But the, the specific area where it still bites me is... When my kids are around and I find myself looking at my phone when they're trying to talk to me and any parent who's experienced that, um, you know, you, you catch yourself in those moments and you're like, wow, I'm sending a really bad message to my kid where they just want to engage with me. And I'm not paying attention because I'm scrolling through who knows what on my phone, Twitter or ESPN or whatever it is. None of that is more important than those face-to-face interactions and that's, that's a lesson that even though I know it now, it still has become kind of muscle memory. So it would have been great to have a little more intentionality around how I'm using my smartphone, especially around my kids. And the last one on the list is number 21. Just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. So I mentioned, you know, I played sports uh, growing up and uh, I haven't been particularly active as I've gotten older but i have still stayed pretty thin over the years my body type hasn't changed a lot and i think the downside of that is that it, it it gives the illusion of me being healthy and i really haven't been um i i've started uh the last couple of years to really focus more on better eating habits eating more vegetables and, and actually i'll tell you what happened with vegetables is I, I signed up for like a farm share this um, CSA service that a local farm did deliveries on a weekly basis of all fresh vegetables and, and fruit. And I did that a few years ago. And ever since then, I've, I've learned how to cook more vegetables and gotten those integrated into my diet. And I just I eat way better now than I used to. And uh, I can I can feel the difference. I definitely have more energy. And, and it's a better situation for my kids as well. So um, rather than, you know, when I was in my 20s, it was like Taco Bell and steak and cheese subs and pizza. And it was almost like like a challenge, like who, how badly can I eat almost in, in a comical sense because it did not make any difference physically to me. And it was almost this like fun challenge, like to just eat garbage. And um, you know, that's not a great habit to start. So I, I would love to get myself into better eating habits earlier on in my life. So that wraps up the full list of 21 pieces of advice for my 21-year-old self. I hope you found that interesting. And again, both of those pieces you can find over on the website, after 40com Over to the F it checklist for buying stuff. So I've been super focused on paying off my debt. That's a big message that I've had throughout this podcast and on my blog. Um, And so I've had this rule in place over the last couple of years, uh, last year probably, where I'm not going to spend money on some discretionary purchase until I have my credit cards paid off. That's something that I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot with now. I've paid off the majority of my credit card debt, but I do still have a chunk there that I'm still working on. So over the last year or so, I would say me and my girlfriend have been talking about buying kayaks, and it's something that I live right next to a river, 15 feet out my back door. The Lamprey River is right there, and it's funny because as the weather has gotten nicer over the last you know month, month and a half, there is almost always a, lo- a swarm of people out there in kayaks up and down the river. I think especially during this quarantine, people are looking for ways to get outside, and enjoy you know, being outside of their residence in, in whatever way they can. But it's right there in my face every day. I see people floating by in kayaks. So yesterday, I finally caved, and we ordered kayaks. And we got one for each other as a birthday present. Our, our birthdays are both in the summer. And so we said, hey, I'll get you one, you get me one. And that way, we can kind of justify it as birthday presents. And as soon as I did it, I, was, I had this weird combination where I was both really excited about getting a new kayak. It's something that I've been looking forward to doing for a while. But I also felt really guilty. And it's because I've been working so hard to pay off my debt. And all of a sudden, I'm going to take a few hundred dollars. And rather than put that towards a credit card, I'm putting it towards a brand new purchase. That's kind of expensive. I spent $330 on the kayak, and then another 50 on a paddle. Um, so there was this kind of like weird combination feeling going on there. So I thought about it a lot throughout the day. And I kind of came to this conclusion. And I wanted to share how I came to the point where I felt good about what I did. So here's a checklist of questions that I asked myself. And to be fair, I asked these questions to myself after I already purchased it. But again, it was to me, it was more of like, this is how I'm going to process this after the fact. And I think moving forward, what I'd like to do is use something like this before making purchases down the road. So so what I'm talking about here is, is this is not like an emergency purchase or something that's mandatory. These are really more discretionary things where you may not have budgeted for something, but it's something that you are considering purchasing in your life for whatever reason. So here's five questions to ask yourself. One, is it an impulse buy? You know, Is this something that you've been thinking about for a while or did you just see an ad on Facebook or did you just see a commercial and you thought, hey, wow, that would be a a cool thing to own? Uh, That's a question that can help to tell you, you know, I think people will say you got to sleep on it for 24, 48 hours at least. If not, maybe it takes a a couple of weeks, a couple of months for you to really kind of process this and make sure that this is something that you want to do. So number one, is it an impulse buy? Number two, will this improve your quality of life? So how is this gonna add to your life? Is it gonna give you health opportunities to improve your health and be active? Is it gonna help you reach some goal? Is it gonna provide new experiences for yourself? Number three, will you enjoy it with others? Is this something that you're just gonna use on your own or is this gonna give you an opportunity to interact with other people in advance your friendships or relationships with other people? Number four, Is it adding new functionality to your life? So are you just upgrading something that you already have? Or is this going to be a new thing that's going to offer a new opportunity for you to take advantage of? And number five, is this the most affordable option? In other words, is there a cheaper alternative? Clearly, you can shop around and look for a used item. Um, You can look on, you know, whether it's like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or whatever it might be. Have you shopped around thoroughly to the point where you feel like this is the the most affordable option that I can pursue? So when you go through those five questions, if you can answer yes to all or most of those, I think you can say F it and feel good about spending that money. You've not done something as an impulse. You've evaluated how it's going to improve your life. And if you're feeling good about all those different areas, that's your call. And I think that that's something that you should feel okay about. So some examples for me that fall into that no category, getting a new iPhone. I've got a phone, it's paid off. Sure, I'm eligible for an upgrade or I could get a newer version, but how much more functionality or quality of life improvement is that really gonna provide to me? Not a lot. I'm gonna be using the same apps and doing the same things on it. It might look a little better, but for the extra cost, it's just not worth it right now. Uh, Looking at a new car or even a new bed, uh, a new bed is something I've actually thought a lot about recently, and I almost bought one with my stimulus check. And again, I held off on that and said, no, this money is going towards paying down debt. Uh, but that's something—that's an example of something where, you know, my bed, its it's a little older, but it's fine. And getting a new bed, it, it's going to give some improvement to my quality of life. And I still will probably do it in the next couple of years, but I'm going to do that after I've paid other things off and I can focus on saving for it. So what fell into the yes category was a new kayak. And as I talk through those different items, it was not an impulse buy. I've been thinking about this for a while. It's definitely something that will improve my quality of life. I can get outside. It gets me into nature. Um, I will definitely enjoy this with other people, with my girlfriend, with my kids. Um, It's a way for us to bond and kind of spend time together. Um, I did not have one prior to this, so I'm not just upgrading an old item. This is a brand new thing for me that's going to add new functionality to my life. And... I think the last one, maybe I can go either way on this. I could have definitely gotten a used kayak and it would have cost me less, but I have looked around. I haven't seen anything that really made a lot of sense. There were some other ones, but actually most of them were more expensive because they were better kayaks. And actually at the end of the day, I also was considering getting a paddleboard and those were more expensive. So to me, this was the cheaper alternative. I'll also say that this was a compromise uh, in my relationship. You know, I'm very focused on paying down my debt and my girlfriend's in a different place in her life. and she's also focusing on paying down debt, but it's not she doesn't have quite as laser focused as I do. And so I think that when you're in a relationship, there's always that kind of compromise factor where if I'm constantly everything shutting it down and saying we're not spending, we're not spending, we're not spending, that can start to cause some resentment. Even if she gets it, it does start to cause some resentment over time. And so I think that that's another kind of like wild card with this with people is, you know, the decisions you're making for purchases, how does that impact other people in your life as well? I did ask this question on social media as well. So I put this up on Twitter and on on Instagram. And I think the response from most of the people was, um, One, that they focused on uh, travel was the one area that most people felt good about putting money into. Um, That was the opportunity that makes sense for them to kind of splurge in life. But two, a lot of people are budgeting for that. So they're planning ahead and saying, hey, I know I'm going to be traveling this year. And so I'm going to set aside money for that ahead of time. That's not a place that I'm currently in. I'm still paying off my debts. But I think that's a great goal for me to move towards is getting to a position where I have money set aside for when these kinds of purchases, these opportunities, whether it's something new like a new bed uh, or a travel opportunity, going somewhere, having a new experience, that I do have money set aside for that. So that wraps up the content for today's episode. Hopefully this was helpful and interesting for you. Uh, As far as what's coming up in future podcasts, I know I've mentioned before that I'm looking to get some guests on this. I actually have three different people lined up um, for upcoming episodes, so I'm super excited about that. I can't wait to get those interviews recorded and posted, so I will keep you all up to date on that once those are available. Uh, But obviously subscribe to the podcast. You'll get those updates automatically. Uh, if you do have an interesting story to tell, as I've said before, whether you have a blog or a podcast and you want to work together in this, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have other people jump in on this show as well. So definitely reach out to me. Uh, as I've said in the past, you can reach me at Fire After 40. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can always read more at after 40com That's it for now. And as always, thanks for listening to the Fire After 40 podcast. To read more about my story, be sure to follow me at After 40 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also subscribe to receive updates whenever new content goes up at fiafter40.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review. It makes a big difference. Thanks for listening.